Well, I've had a great time already being here with the church and uh, with the teenagers and enjoying ourselves. And uh, we talked about the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, and if we want to be powerful, how to, how to develop our spiritual power, and I richly enjoyed that. I love being here with this church. I do. I love every one of you guys. Well, almost. No, all of you, okay? <laughs> I, especially Brother Russ, because he brought me a, mal, a, a mint tonight, and I was worried about my breath, and, uh, but I'm better now, and so I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. I know many of you came from work tonight. And I'm going to let you borrow my energy. Anybody tired in here tonight? Anybody tired? Okay. It's okay to admit being tired a little bit. Uh, listen, I, uh, I, I seem to have energy, and it's just something the good Lord has, has blessed me with. And he's not kidding. When I go to bed, um, I still am moving a little bit in my sleep. In fact, when I get up out of the bed, I spring out of the bed, you know, and sometimes my wife gets a little nervous because I kind of spring from, from the side and bounce out, and so... She come out this morning, and uh, I was out on the couch because God got me up about 3.30 in the morning pastor, and isn't that a good thing to do, to pray for your pastor, amen? That's the best way to keep your heart real close to God is to pray, pray for your pastor and, and uh, love on him, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful, and I, I want to ask you all to pray for my pastor. He's having, uh, he was supposed to have open heart surgery today with a, a, a six uh, bypass surgery, and the surgeon wasn't fresh. He had worked all night. And so they moved the, um, the appointment for Monday. And I'm thankful for that because, uh, who, I mean, nobody wants a tired surgeon on an on a, uh, open heart surgery. And I got to thinking, you know, delays, delays are actually divine detours, right? And it's, sometimes it's hard to remember that, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to remember that, you know, when we want what we want, when we want it, that God's, he's up to something. And, uh, and we have to remember that he's working all things together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So if you just put that down on your prayer list, if you would, uh, Pastor Doug Fisher, uh, open heart surgery to go very, very well. That would be a, a, a great blessing. I love your pastor. You all know how blessed you are. You guys know how blessed you are, right? The man, the, he loves the Lord. His wife loves the Lord. And, and just to be able to come into church and have a beautiful spirit of praise and and love, and, and I sense the family connection here. I love that. Because the, 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 the church should be a family, right? The church is a family. It's the family of God. And uh, we're members one of another. And I love, being in, I love being with the saints. I love being with you. Uh, tonight, you know, I had like a, several different messages. I got my whole book of messages, you know. It's like, which one do? And as I was driving here, the Lord seemed to put a different message on my heart that I Actually preached before, and so I thought, well, fresh bread, you know, let's let's put it out here and and be an encouragement. Uh, I happen to have some illustrations uh, in my in my truck, and it's probably because I keep illustrations with me, uh, but not for illustration's sake, just because I like to have a great time in life. Does anybody out there like to have a great time in life? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to be in this life, we might as well enjoy it. Right? We might as well enjoy it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, enjoy it, right? I mean, we want to be, be a people of gladness and rejoicing. And so, um, if I can get a few of my helpers, uh, uh, can I get a few of my strong guys? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, grab my bag right here, bring that bag out, and bring my golf clubs right over here. Yeah, okay, let's bring that bag right here, and let's put it right here. And then, and then what I want you to do is, is uh, unzip it, if you would, and uh, go ahead, pick up that bag. Yeah, that's just like that, and bring that bag over here, and uh, 
That'll be perfect. I got to get my illustrations. That's perfect. Okay. This is good. This is very good. Okay. Now, what I want you to do is just kind of set some of this stuff out for me, okay? Set some of the boxing gloves out, some of the, the weights out nicely for me. And uh, that'll work. That'll work just like that. So you can have a seat now. Now we're set. I just want everybody to see that. And you're going to look at that and you're going to kind of be thinking, what's he going to do with it? And I wonder what's going to happen. And that's good. It's going to get to, it's a good attention grabber. And uh, I got some different weights uh, here and, and uh, some boxing stuff. And, and uh, does anybody else like sports? Anybody like sports out there? Does anybody like to watch sports, even if you don't like to do it? Hey, I, I like it. I like it all. And uh, here's what I like about it. I like the mindset. I like the, the development of what it takes to become an Olympian or a Super Bowl champion or a World Series uh, champion. I, I, like, I like the whole spiritual, physical connection to what it takes uh, to, to see uh, that, that greatness unfold out of an athlete. Um, I like watching uh, professional um, uh, golfers. Because I play golf and I hate to love golf. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I hate to love it. I love to hate it. And I mean, one day I'm doing really well with it. And the next day I'm terrible. Like I've never played before. And I'm chasing the ball everywhere. And I'm, I'm almost cursing, but I'm not cursing. Okay. I'm almost. It's like it's trying to come out. No, we are Christian. Right. And, and, uh, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't come out. The, the flesh tries to, tries to come out. Well, we got to crucify it. And so it, you know, it kind of tests you a little bit. And so the message I have for you tonight, uh, I've entitled it. Uh, be a true champion. Be a true champion. I want to have you turn in your Bible, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And this is the passage that the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And the church at Corinth was really messed up. I mean, they had all kinds of issues. Have you ever looked at your church before and you thought, man, this place is messed up? Listen, all of us are messed up. But praise God, Jesus takes our messes and turns them into, into masterpiece messages for his glory. He takes our trash and he takes it and turns it into trophies of his grace. And I'm grateful that he's working in us. Well, the Apostle Paul is, is edifying and helping this church with the gospel ministry. And talking about ministering to people and loving people. And, and he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and in verse number 24. He says, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Let's pray. Lord, uh, do what I could never do. <laughs> do miracles. Do uh, the impossible. Work in hearts. Let the word of God have free course. Lord, I'm following you. I, I'm doing the best I can to follow you, Lord. Help me not to say anything I'm not supposed to. Help me to say everything I'm supposed to. And help me to be temperate. Help me to be uh, just yielded to your spirit. I pray, God. Every single person in here tonight, from the oldest to the youngest, every man and every woman, every boy and every girl, would be super blessed and encouraged. 
And because of that hope and that vision of running to win and being a champion, it would transform not only their night, not only their, the rest of their month, not only the rest of the year, but God, it would ultimately change the trajectory of their entire lives and what they receive at the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, Lord, bless this message now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. How many of you have ever run a race before? Has anybody ever run a race before? I've run many different races. Uh, I've run the, um, the uh, you ever heard of the Tough Mudder? The Tough Mudder is a, was a 13-mile, I believe, uh, obstacle course race that you do. Uh, I did it with a team of people, and I trained for it. And you go through mud pits, and you go through electrical shock. You know, there's electrical lines coming down. you got to run through it. And I remember one time going through the electrical lines and getting hit by, I don't know, what, the 10,000 volts of, of whatever it was. That's why I kind of mess up when I talk, okay? And so it's still still there. And, uh, and so... Uh, you know, and you carry boulders and you run up hills and you do all kinds of things. And, and it, it's not really so much about winning the race as much as it is about finishing the race. How many of y'all can relate with that? You're trying to just finish your race in the Christian life, you know. You know, it, it, when you're young, you're idealistic and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go conquer the world. Then you get a little older, like, where's the banana spot? Where's, where's the water? I need, I need to have a seat here for a second. And you just hope to finish, to finish the race. But I want to encourage you that there is a crown and you can win it. If you'll go in Jesus' name. And in this passage of scripture, the Apostle Paul's talking about being a servant to all. For the gospel's sake, to win people to Christ. And, and he says, uh, don't you know we're all running a race? He says, what I want you to do is I want you to run to win. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to run to win. Yeah, we're going to run to win. Now, when you're thinking about this, and um, in, in running, I want to show you some of my tools of running, okay? Uh, I need a volunteer. Who wants to be a volunteer? Okay, you want to be a volunteer? Okay, come on over here. This is really, um, let me just check your frame. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, uh, go ahead and do this. Just run to that door and back real quick, real quick, real quick. Look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him. He's moving, he's high-stepping. Come on, hustle, hustle, hustle. All right, good. He's running real well, right? Now, if we want to develop him a little bit more as an athlete um, in struggles, because let's face it, life isn't always on a flat surface. Sometimes you got to go up hills. Sometimes you got to run through sand. Sometimes, you know, you're going through valleys, and it's harder on the knees and things like that. And so what I've done, I don't know how you're going to do with this, but we're just going to try it, okay? This is what we call a weight vest, Okay, now let's put it on like it's a suit, okay? Okay, now now tell me if this is, is that too heavy? Okay, all right, now stay like that. Okay, now run over to that door and come back. <laughs> now can you see he's running a little slower? He's running a little slower. Now does that feel okay? It's a little heavy, huh? Yeah. Did you feel like you were kind of slower? Was it harder? Yeah. Did it hurt anywhere? Okay, okay. Next, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and put these on. I need help her. Can you help me here? Put these on his ankles, okay? These are little weights for the ankles. Wrap them around like this and then, and then like that, okay? Let me get one more helper. You do the right, the left foot. Here, you do that one. Here, come on over here. You do that one. Excellent, excellent. Now, these are some weights. These are some weights. Now, as the reason athletes would do this, you'll see they, they would, some of them would cover their mouth um, 
to decrease the oxygen intake to make it more challenging and difficult to simulate maybe a higher altitude. And so that way they, they operate at a higher level of less oxygen when they're in the moment of combat or trying to run the race. And so um, all this is is a simulation uh, to try to help for when the actual race takes place. Go ahead and get, run to that door. Now, he's obviously running a lot slower, right? Uh, uh, keep coming, keep coming. Uh, you failed. <laughs> okay, but remember, failure is not a person. It's an event, right? <laughs> okay, so how was it that time? Hard. Hard. Very hard? Now, can you imagine running like a mile with that? No, it'd be very challenging, right? And so um, what I want you to see here is sometimes God puts some weight on us to make it a little bit more challenging in our life, okay? And it's intended so that when you do go into uh, a next season of your life, you're stronger. It's going to develop your muscles. It's going to develop your breathing. It's going to help you. And that's why when God put some weights on us for responsibility, you don't want to shirk them off. It's so tempting to say, okay, I don't want the responsibility of being a parent. I don't want the responsibility of being a, a pastor or a teacher. Or I don't want those. The challenge is this. If you try to get rid of the weights when God's putting them on you, you won't be ready for the next level. You won't be. Because at the higher levels of competition and higher levels, there's new devils. New levels, new devils. New levels, stronger obstacles, more difficulty. And so you think about this. How many of you want to get out of first or second or third grade? Anybody excited about getting out of first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade? Yeah, we're about to get out, and we can't wait. But I got to tell you, you can do a good job to finish strong because at the next level, it's going to be a little bit harder. You can do it. You can do it. But you got to finish strong so that you get all that wisdom to bring it into the next grade. Okay? All right, let me pull these off of him. Uh, let's give him a round of applause, please. All right. All right, let me get a helper. Uh, pull those off him, if you would. So when you're thinking about this, we want to run, we want to run to win. Now, I know he, they'll, they'll get those off. I also want to uh, bring up a, a thought here. I want you to hold your hand in this spot in 1 Corinthians 9, because I'm going to come back to that text. And... Um, I want you to look over at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 12. Y'all are listening very well. I've got more illustrations uh, that will be coming. And I'm, I'm eventually going to give you uh, seven thoughts on how to be a true champion, okay? I'm just kind of laying the foundation. We're having a good time tonight. And hopefully some of these thoughts will stick with you and be a blessing to you. Look at Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews 12, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every what? Every weight and sin which just so easily beset us and let us run with, what's the word? Patience, the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice how in that passage it talks about how we're running a race. Now, when you're running a race, understand this. In Christianity, it's not a sprint. It's not a 40-yard dash. It's a marathon. Now, is there anybody in here who's ever run a marathon? Raise your hand if you run a marathon. Good for you. Uh, 26 point, what is it? Three or two? Yeah. And um, intense, hard, yeah? Challenging. 
you know what's, what's more challenging? It's not as much of the physical challenge as it, as it is the mental challenge. Am I right? You have to keep telling yourself you can do it. You're right? You can, you, you got to believe that you can. And, and even in moments when you feel down. Now, can you imagine running a, a complete marathon, 26.3 miles, whatever it is, with all those weights on? Oh, it'd be horrendous. Not just one mile for, what was your name again? David. Avon, Avon. Not just one mile. Like we already talked, one mile would be hard with all that. 26.3 miles. See, because Christianity is a marathon and not a sprint, you will never make it to your finish line if you keep the weights on you. That's why God cast off the weights. You say, preacher, what are some of the weights? Some of it could be hobbies. It could be interests. Some of it could be, how about this guilt? You understand, if you're carrying guilt or shame, or how about anger? The anger is a weight that you're carrying inside your soul. If you can't see it, emotionally, it sits in the heart as a weight. And uh, bitterness, unforgiveness, disappointment, um, railing. Um, if you're thinking evil thoughts about somebody else, it stays in you. All those are weights. And how many of you have ever been upset at somebody and you went to go try to do your job, but because you're angry or upset or disappointed, you're not really showing up with the same energy anymore? You know what I'm talking about? And because you're not showing up with the same energy, your performance level is not as strong. Because your energy, your spiritual power is being depleted before you ever got to that moment. And so... Uh, we have to realize God is saying, I want you to run your race and I want you to finish your race, but you can't do it with all those weights on you. You've got to offload the guilt, the shame, the fear, the wrath, the clamor, the evil speaking, the gossip. You've got to emotionally unload that stuff because you can't pretend that you're going to be able to go any further in the Christian life with that stuff on you. So you say, well, preacher, how do I get it off me? You admit it. You admit it. I wrote a, a thought today that says uh, pride is the anesthesia that deadens, deadens the heart to stupidity. You see, we get so proud and arrogant that we think that it's okay to be angry at the pastor, upset at the teacher, upset at the, 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 the little child. And, and what happens is we get so high-minded that that emotional intoxication of pride becomes a weight inside the soul and now you're not, you're, not, you're not running with the same finesse. You ever seen a runner go, you know, I know this. After what, 12, 13 miles, did your arm start cramping up? Yeah. I know this. This right arm, I was carrying a bottle of water. And I was carrying a phone. I drank the water. I put the phone in this hand because I didn't have anywhere to put it. And, it, and if I put the phone in the pocket, the, the, the pocket's moving and banging me everywhere and hitting me. What happened, just that little weight, you know what happened to this forearm? It started seizing up. The muscle was not ready nor prepared to go that long holding a weight in that arm. And so what I had to do was I had to figure out another alternative and eventually drop the weights. So in our Christian life, remember, we're to run our race and God says, I want you to offload the weights because you're not going to be able to make it. But he also says, offload the sins. 
Now, I understand we're saved by God's grace and it's all under the blood as Christians, but let's also remember that we still have this fallen nature. I'm tempted to be greedy. I'm tempted to be envious. I'm tempted to be lustful. I'm tempted to be proud. I'm tempted to be arrogant. I'm tempted to be intemperate. I'm tempted. How, how about y'all? Y'all ever tempted? I'm tempted to be a glutton, right? And every sin that I put into my vessel is causing me to not be able to run with patience. Because eventually, without patience, you lose hope. Without patience, you get, kind of get feisty, and then you start getting mad at people. You ever get mad at your kids or your or people in your life and your coworkers? It's because you lost your cool, you lost your patience, you lost your faith, you lost your hope, you lost your love. And so when we're running a marathon with Christ and for Christ and we want to finish, we've got to be willing. Listen, there's times that you've got to be able to call a timeout. And you've got to be able to say, i gotta, I got to stretch. Like there were several times after mile 15 or 16, I had to stop, sis. What was your name again? Destiny. I had to stop and I had to stretch the right leg, the left leg, and kind of like stretch starting to cramp. Then I had to call my wife a few times and say, sweetheart, can you bring me a banana? Can you bring me a water? Can you bring me some sunscreen? And, um, and, and it was several times. Without, without stopping and rehydrating and fueling back up and taking care of my vessel, I would never make it. And even if I did make it, I would be completely useless uh, down the road just a little bit. And so as Christians, you have to have enough sense inside of you to know when you're hurting. You have to have enough sense inside of you to say, I'm carrying some sin. Yeah, I'm bitter. I'm upset. Or I've got some weights. I haven't really actually dealt with that issue, how the boss man fired me or how my dad did this to me or how they did. And I'm carrying it on me. I need to let that stuff go. Because I can't move on. I'm starting to cramp up. And you have to be able to ask for some help to say, hey, can you help me? I, I, I not only need to stop, but I need to, I need to get some nourishment. I need to let go and I need to get some nourishment into me. And I want to be able to run with patience. Remember this. It's not about who, fat, who, who finishes the Christian life the fastest. It's not a comparison between you and I. It's not a comparison between pastors or be, between churches. That's the, like, comparison is the thief of, of joy. If you start comparing your family with somebody else or your church with somebody else or you with some other lady, um, it's going to steal your joy. And it's going to mess up your tempo because you're going to try to keep up with somebody else's pace that's not your pace. Or you're going to fall behind because they're falling behind and that's still not your pace. It's an individual race that we run together. And so if you're going to run your best, You've got, to, you've got to run with patience. And there's different times when the body, when your body is feeling good. Like, I mean, you're on a stride, man. You, you've been running with patience. All of a sudden, you hit a, you hit a nice, energized spot. You know, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm feeling it pretty good today, man. We're trucking. This is great. I feel good. And, and then there's other times where you get to another mile marker, and you're like, I'm barely making it. I'm not stopping. I'm just slowing down to an easy jog. You say, is that okay? Yes. It's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay for you to hit good spots of going quicker. And it's perfectly okay to get spots where you're going a little slower. What's not okay, what's not okay is if you keep the weights and the sin on you. And you fall out by the way. That, it's not okay. Listen, quitters, quitters never win. 
and winners never quit. As Christians, we are not quitters. Why? Because Jesus Christ, he finished his race for us. He gave us the victory, and he is the author and finisher of our faith. So just as he is a finisher, you are a finisher. You are a finisher. So it's not acceptable. Looking and listening, it is not acceptable for you to quit on your church. It is not acceptable for you to quit on your pastor. It is not acceptable for you to quit on your Bible reading. It is not acceptable for you to quit on God. Amen? You might have failures. All of us have failures, but failure is not a person, right? Failure is an event. It's a mental breakdown in the moment. But as long as you get back up, guess what? You will succeed. You will keep going. You will keep grinding through. And so when you're thinking about running a race, the Apostle Paul uh, is, is speaking to us. We see here in the, in, in the book of Hebrews as well. He says, he says uh, run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. What helps me finish my race? I am in my mind's eye, not physically, but in my mind's eye, from my heart, I am viewing Jesus Christ at the end of my life. I recently ran a marathon. Uh, it wasn't with a race with other people, uh, but I went from my house to the beach. It was 26 points. I was a little more in the marathon. And here's what I did. I threw my heart all the way to the ocean. I threw it out there emotionally, spiritually. And I told myself, I'm going there to collect it. I'm going there to pick it up. And so when I'm going through pain and I'm going through issues, uh, uh, I'm still thinking, no, I'm going there. I'm fully persuaded and committed and I'm looking unto the end. You see, when you and I, when we get our eyes off the prize and we start fixating and focusing on our fears, we'll stop, we'll quit. But when we look unto Jesus, when it's like, Lord, I'm coming to you. Lord, I'm going to finish my race. Believe I can. I believe you've called me. I believe you're the finisher. I believe I'm your child. I believe that you've made me wonderfully made. I believe I'm a conqueror. Even though I feel bad, even though I feel terrible, even though this body's falling apart, I'm still coming to you, Jesus. And I got to tell you, there's times in our life when you don't feel like you can go any further. And you feel like you have no strength, no energy, nothing. And it's just Jesus pulling you to the finish line. You ever felt that? Because it's his spirit inside of you. And it's like a magnet to the portals of glory. And he's bringing you to himself. See, it's not you that saves you. It's him that saves you. It's not you that sanctifies you. It's him that sanctifies you. It's not you that glorifies you. It's him that glorifies you. Our job is this. Yield. You yield yourself into the race. You yield the sins away. You yield the weights away. You yield into the training. You yield. And through the process of yielding, find in that commitment of yielding to God, he strengthens you through all the valleys, all the issues. And I got to tell you, in life, just like in some of my Spartan races and Tough Mudder races, there's some crazy obstacles that you would have never saw coming. How many of y'all, there's some chapters in your life you never saw that coming? You didn't see that turn. You didn't see that bend. You didn't see that dip. You didn't see those rocks that you that what was going to have to happen. I remember going through an ice bath, you know, not, to, not just the electrical shock, but an ice bath where it's like, you, and you got to swim underneath something to go from like here to the end of the, the, uh, the, the building in an ice bath, and it's cold. And uh, 
I remember thinking, man, am I going to do this? There's other times you got to go through bars that you didn't know you were going to go through. Sometimes you got to swing things, and sometimes you got to shoot things and hit the target. And if you miss the target, you got to do a bunch of push-ups. And there's all these different pros and cons and obstacles and, and consequences if you don't achieve. And, and the same thing, I think, in life. There's some obstacles in your life that you don't know. You didn't know they were coming, but I want to tell you, they're there. And listen, they're there on purpose. They're there on purpose. Do not try to go around the adversity. If you fail in learning your lesson and accepting the affliction of the moment, the message, the obstacle will come back again. And what I mean by that is this. If you leave this church thinking that you're going to find a better place somewhere else, the same lesson that you failed here, you'll have to learn there. If you have a marriage that you busted in the past and it's no good, there's a natural propensity to go into another marriage, and when that doesn't work, find another one. What's better for us is to say, what lesson do I need to learn right here? Isn't that right? And how do I overcome this test? You know, when I was taking my, um, my, my stockbroker's license, I'm a real estate broker and a stockbroker and, and an investment advisor, um, and I remember I failed the test. And I could have said, okay, I'm not going to take this test again. It's too hard. But I didn't do that. Because I, I know that quitters never win. And I had to take the feedback to say, there's something missing in my game. There's something missing that I'm not getting that I need to go back to the study and get a hold of so that I can pass that test. Other people have passed this test, and I think I can too. I think I failed that test like three times. It was like an eight-hour test or something like that. And how many thousands of dollars later? But I learned this. Eventually keep getting up and keep going, I'm going to pass that test, and I did pass that test. And can I tell you, it's not about intelligence. It's not about your intelligence. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. It's about your passion. It's about who you are as a person. And so if you're going through an obstacle and an adversity and you're tempted to skirt around it, let me tell you, your character will not grow if you skirt around that obstacle. Be okay if you fail. It's okay. Failure is just part of the process. And failure gives you the necessary feedback you need so you can get better the next time. And as we think through this, we're running a race. And we're, we're in competition, uh, not with, our, with anybody else, but, but to allow God to use us so we can finish our race. I brought a few of these other, uh, these other illustrations here. In boxing... In boxing, let me get uh, let me get a few people, a few helpers. Come on over here. Okay, come on. Yeah, yeah. Is it okay he comes? Yeah. All right. What's your name? Eric. That's right. Okay, come on over here, Eric. Uh, who else? Who else? I need one more. I need one more. Okay, let me use this little man right here. Okay. All right. Put these on. Okay. You're gonna put your hand through here. Okay. And you're gonna put your hand, the other hand, in this one. Okay. You're Eric, right? And what's your name? Zane. All right, Zane. All right, here's your boxing gloves, dude. Ready? Put them all the way in. It's a big boxing glove for you. Okay. You got your hand in there good? Put your hand all the way in there, okay, so it don't fall off. Do it with that one, too. I know I don't even have to open it up. Okay. Okay, you got it good? Okay. Now, stand right here, and I want you to put your hands up. Okay. Now, wherever he puts his hands, I want you to punch. Give me a right punch here. Yeah. Okay, now a left punch there. Okay, now, now give me a right and a left. 
Yeah, you got some good arms. Okay, now I want you to keep your hands up. I want you to keep your hands up. Okay, and I don't want you to let your arms drop. Give me a, give me a left and then a right. Good. Keep your hands up, though. Keep your hands up. Okay, this time what I want you to do, after he throws the left and the right, I want you to slowly sweep over his head, and I want you to duck. Okay? All right, go ahead. Left, right. Left, right, duck. <laughs> bend, bend your knees. Bend your knees. Bend your knees. Like that. Okay, do it again. Left, right. Left, right, duck. Duck. That's the mambo limba. <laughs> okay, so what we're doing here is... He's training. He's learning. We're coaching him to hit his targets. So that way when he, when he ever gets into combat, he would, he's already ready to go. What happens if he doesn't get his training and sparring time in and he goes right out into, into a battle? He's going to get knocked out real fast, right? Because the moment he throws his left and his right, his hands are down. He's going to get a haymaker to the head, and he's going to be down for the count. So the training time is so important. The training time for the Christian is reading your Bible, praying, going to church. The battle is out there. Amen? And that's why you can't miss your training time. You can't miss your Bible reading. You can't miss your prayer. You can't miss your devotion time. Because the pastor is going to say, okay, songs, hymns, spiritual songs. Ready? One, two, three, go. Bam, 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 bam. Right? Can you see it now? And he's teaching you spiritual weapons so that when the enemy comes and says evil things to you, you're like, uh-uh, I I, I'm sufficient in Christ. Better is, is the word of God, sweeter than honey, yea, the much fine gold. Off me, devil. You're not going to hit me with that haymaker. Uh-uh. You know, and you're going to be moving like that. Can you see it? All right, guys, let's put those down. Let's give them a round of applause. You all enjoying this tonight? You can see it, right? And that's what I want. I want you to be able to see it because if you can see it, then you can get it. If, if you see it, you get it. I know you can achieve it. You can walk in it. Uh, look bo back over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And I want you to pick up also Philippians. Philippians chapter number 3. Pastor, what time are we wrapping up? I want to be mindful of it. Now? Okay. All right. I'll, give you, I'll just give you two more verses. Y'all enjoying this though? Anybody want to leave right now? Okay. We're, we're still training. We're still training time, right? And uh, sometimes it works like that in life. You're like, man, I'm, out. I'm ready to be done with this round. Round's not over yet, right? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, look what it says. It says, every man in verse 25 striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Do you know what temperate means? It means self-control. It means this person has the ability not to go nuts in the moment of the heat of battle. You ever seen a boxer just come out and they gas themselves out? And then, and then the, the, the pro who's been at it for a while just waits and holds their energy. Same thing with a runner. If you come out and blow all of your energy right away, you're not going to have enough to, to finish the race. But also on the flip side, if you don't put out any energy and they overwhelm you with energy, you can get knocked out or put out real quick in a, in a fight as well. So you have to have wisdom on being under control, how to, how to move. And what the Apostle Paul is saying is, in the Christian race, run to win. You've got to control yourself. I mean, you've got to control what you put in your mouth. Amen? You've got to control what comes out of your mouth. You've got to control what you hear. 
you got to control all of your movements to be under control so God can use you. If you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. Am I right? You think about NASCAR and you think about races. Do they put junky fuel, 87, in those race cars? No, man. They put, like, supercharged stuff inside there. I don't even know what it is. Probably beyond 93. Rocket fuel or something. I don't know. <laughs> right? I want you to understand something. Your body is a high-performance machine designed by God. You are engineered for accomplishment. God has designed you in such a way with benevolence and power. You're wonderfully made. Every single one of you is wonderfully made. Our big thing is, is because we don't view ourselves the right way, we don't feed ourselves the right way. It's impossible for you to consistently perform in a manner that you inconsistently see yourself. Meaning if you see yourself as a dirtbag loser, if you see yourself as a quitter, if you see yourself as no good, if you see yourself as poor and you see yourself you'll never make it and you'll never achieve and you'll never succeed, then guess what happens? You put the gloves down, you stop training. Guess what happens? You all of a sudden will quit on, on, you quit on yourself and you quit on God and you quit on pastor, you quit on everybody else. But let me tell you something, it's not anybody else's fault. It's always a personal decision. Always a personal decision. And he says, if you're going to run, it says, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, speaking about the Isthmus games, or the, we'd call them the Olympic games. But we're doing this for what? For, corruptible, uh, for incorruptible crowns. How many are hoping to get some crowns at glory? Anybody out hoping to get some crowns at glory? Yeah, come on, I want all them crowns. Anybody like, want to get all the crowns? Man, I'm like, you ever play those video games, you want to get all the crowns? This is real life stuff right here. But I got to tell you, we forget that what we're doing right now has impact. There's a judgment seat coming up. And listen, I got to tell you, some of you guys, you, you're a little closer to the end than others. We don't know who's who, but I got to tell you, if that's the case, you should put a little more pep in your step. You should put a little bit more zang in, in, in your zang. You know, you ought to put a little bit more money in that plate. You ought to put a little more reading inside the mind. You ought to do whatever you can to win some more souls. Bring a few more with you. Be a hell snatcher. Be somebody that, I'm going to pray for all them people in the church. I'm going to love everybody. I'm going to be so overwhelmed and intoxicated with the Spirit. I'm going to bring a whole, all kinds of people with me to King Jesus. Amen? That's what ought to be happening inside of all of us. When you start realizing, man, I'm going to get an incorruptible crown here, it changes how you move. And so he says, I therefore run, not as uncertainty. He's like, I'm running to win, friend. Listen, I, when I get up, I get up. I'm not trying to just mosey my way through the days. I'm trying to be strategic with every single step, with every single piece of food that comes into my body, with everything I listened and uh, see and listen to. I'm trying to make sure that it's going gonna, it's gonna to produce some good quality, healthy stuff inside my life. Because I want to make a difference. I want to get those crowns. You think about this. Um, who's the one that would wear, uh, who's, the, who's the quarterback of this team? Go ahead, buddy. What's his name? What's his name? Do you remember his name? You thought you were going to wear it. I see it. What's his name? Tom Brady. Now, whether you love him or hate him, one thing you'll realize is he's a, he's a winner. He's not just a winner. He's a Super Bowl champion. How many times over? Yeah. Five, six, seven times, I don't know what it is. Multiple hands with all the, the rings. You look at that, that type of player. When you become and you view yourself as a champion, it doesn't matter what team you go to. It doesn't matter what environment you go to, right? 
It doesn't matter what command you're under. Because it's who you are. It's you have this belief inside of you that, listen, I can raise people up and I've studied the plays and I put the good stuff into my body and I make sure I'm executing and I'll bring other people with me. Hey, follow me and I'll lead you to victory. See, sometimes we buy the lie thinking, well, if I just change this environment, change this environment. No, no, no. Listen, change yourself and everything will change in the environment. In fact, the only thing you can do is change you. You can't change a pastor. You can't change the kids. You can't change any of that stuff. But you can change you, right? You can change you. And if you can change you, then everything can change. Everything. And so I want to close this by giving you, giving you how to be a champion. How to be a champion. How to be a true godly champion and, and run your race and win it. I'll rattle it off quickly, but not too quickly because I want to be temperate. Number one, if you want to be a, a true champion, number one, you need to think like a champ. See, if you want to be a champion, it's not just about doing all the stuff that champions do. Listen, I got these clubs, and I'm thinking, man, okay, these could be, like, who's, who won the Augusta? Does anybody remember who just won that? I, I forget who that guy was. Yeah, that guy. Man, that guy was like in the zone. I was watching. He's like a robot. You know, everything was just so perfect and meticulous. I mean, he'd hit it in the weeds, and then he'd chip it up and it'd get like right next to the hole. I mean, just in the zone. I can have the same clubs as him. But if I don't have the same thinking as him, I will never be able to score like him. See, in life, sometimes we think this. We think, okay, um, if all the heroes of the faith have this Bible then my life's going to be great. You can have the clubs of a champion, but if you don't think like a champion, it will never happen. I can have the greatest clubs all day long, but if, it doesn't, if I don't learn to think the right way, it's never going to change. Does that make sense? See, the scripture says in Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Let me ask you a question. What are you saying to yourself when nobody's listening? Or do you, sell, do you tell yourself you'll never make it, you can't do it? Do you, do you tear other people up? Do you say your kids are no good, your pastor's no good, the church is no good, America's no good, everything's no good, the devil's taking over? How many of y'all think this way? That's not how a champion thinks. I've read the end of the book. We win. Amen. We're conquerors. We're overcomers. Amen. God comes on in and busts through and, 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 and we win. If that's the case, you've got to start, start thinking like that. And I've got to tell you this. The thinking, if you don't mind your thinking, then your thinking won't mind you. Isn't that right? Stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. You have to put the good faith in, and it changes your thinking. It builds you up. It builds you up, builds you up. And so that's, that's how champs, you, you want to be a champion, you got to think like a champ. Number two, you got to train like a champ. You want to win some souls, you got to start training for it. You want to pray for three hours, you got to start training for it. Start 30 minutes, then go to an hour, right? You want to see great success, you got to train like a champion. you got to get in there and be like, I'm going to do this. Hey, champions, they watch what they eat. They watch what they listen to. They're watching their sleeping patterns. 
Hey, some of us, if we want to really excel, you need to get to bed a little earlier. Don't stay up so late. You mess up the night, you're going to mess up the morning. Am I right? So you got to think like a champion and train like a champion. And then when the day comes up, you got to tr- make sure you're getting your reps in. you got to make sure you're getting your exercises in. You, whatever it is for you. It could be, okay, I want to be a champion grandpa, grandma. Make sure you get your reps in with them youngins. Make sure you love on them and you develop them. Whatever it is for you, that's what you want to be thinking through. Number three. Ooh, this is a good one. Man, this is so good. I'm enjoying this, Pastor. Number three, you need to be tough like a champion. Stop looking for the easy way. Amen? Stop looking for the easy way out and the convenient way out. No, 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 no. Champions are looking for the difficulty. Champions are looking for the hills. They're looking to add more weight. They're looking for the adversity. Why? So that they can, they can train through it. And when they get knocked down, guess what a champ does? They get back up. We have to develop mental, spiritual toughness. Not weak insecurity where I'm offended because he or she did this. A tough Christian is not looking to do less work in the church. Amen? Or at home. The Bible says we that are strong should bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Meaning if I'm strong and I'm tough, then I'm, I'm going to come, I'm going to open the door for ladies. I'm going to help the pastor. I'm going to do whatever I can do. And I'm going to train them to be tough, even if I don't feel good. Why? Because that's what champions do. That's what Jesus did, right? Man, he, he, can you imagine? I just watched Chosen. Anybody watching that series, The Chosen? Man, I'm crying all over the place last night, right? Uh, two and three was released last night. And I was watching that, and Jesus was healing all the people in that, in that app, in that show last night, and he, all day and all night. And he comes all day and all night. You know what the disciples are doing? They're bickering. They're bickering, just like you and I bicker for stupid things. While Jesus is working, getting it done, being tough. And what I mean by tough is I mean he's putting the effort in. He's touching people, healing people, helping people, preaching, getting it done. He walks up in that show. I love the visual of that. And he's been doing it all day and all night in the show. And, uh, and he's like slowly, he walks by, and he's the disciples that are bickering. And he said something like, I'm going to bed or I'm going to sleep or something. Isn't that what he said? Something like that? He said something like that. He gets over to his tent, and he's about to collapse. He's about to collapse. Why? Because he just grinded through. Why? To help other people. There's widows, there's orphans, there's a bunch of other people out here. They need our sh- they need us to show up on Sunday morning, Sunday night. They need us to knock them doors. There's some mamas that need to be blessed on Mother's Day. Hey, there's some people that don't have their moms again. This place is going to be packed on Mother's Day, and that's what we want, right? But i got to tell you, there's going to be some emotional weakness, and we need you to be tough and tender at the same time. That's what champions do. They're tough. They come through. Let me give you the next one. Y'all are listening so well. Number, number uh, four. Together like a champion. You will never be a champion by yourself. Amen? You'll never be a champ by yourself. I mean, even Rocky had, who was it? What was the old man's name? Mick, right? He had Mick. Even if you don't know that reference. I want you to think through all the sports players, right? Listen, everybody needs somebody to pour into them and train them. Praise God, we got a pastor that's like, how much weight have you lost? 98 pounds. That's legit. That's powerful. That's a testimony. Who drops 100 pounds? That doesn't happen by accident. That's every day I'm a champion. I'm a champion. I'm a walking, talking champion. 
<laughs> but I got to tell you this, he didn't do it on his own. Hey, sis, you probably spoke a bunch into him, huh? Loving on him, helping him. Hey, we can do this, sweetheart. Other people uh, helping him, different pastors and preachers and people. On t- you're probably seeing stuff, some different things speaking into you, helping you. The word of God. Some, 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 some people together. Here's what I'm getting at. We all need somebody. Amen? We all need somebody to train and help us and speak into us. Makes me want to sing that song. We all need somebody to lead on. <laughs> you guys think this guy's a nut? Yeah, I am a nut. <laughs> hey, but I'm telling you what. Praise God for a mom and a daddy and a pastor and other people that, that really help you. If you're stuck right now, get somebody else who's unstuck, and they'll help get you out. Be humble enough. Don't be proud about that thing. Just humble yourself down and say, man, I got weights. I got sins. I'm ready to get up and get up out of this thing. And together, be together like a champion. Number five, number five, be teachable like a champion. Be teachable. Listen, if there's an area you're making a mistake, listen, don't be so prideful and insecure to realize that you don't need to change. Everybody needs to change. Am I right? Everybody, including myself, and people that get very good at winning and becoming champions, they learn when they're dropping their when they're dropping their guard. They learn when they're when they're when they're when they're decelerating on a putt. They learn when they're dropping their eyes and running through and not seeing things. You need somebody else to be able to speak into you to be able to say, "Hey, um, if you just make this adjustment, things will change in your life." Be teachable. Buy the truth and sell it not. You never get to a spot in this life where, where, where you don't have to continue to grow. Philippians 3 talks about this. I haven't arrived yet is what he says. Not that I've apprehended, but this one thing I do. And none of us have arrived yet. He talks about reaching forth for the prize. The only way that happens is if you learn to forget those things which are behind. Be teachable. Let some stuff go. Make some adjustments so you can move forward. Number six, thank like a champion. Like a real champion, thank. Thank like a champion. Make sure you're expressing gratitude everywhere you go. Hey, hey, coach, thanks for, 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 for working with me. Hey, mama, thanks for dropping me off. Hey, hey, boss man, thank you for giving me this job. Hey, pastor, that was a great message. Thanks for pouring your energy into that thing. Hey, pastor's wife, thank you for watching them kids. Hey, thank you so much, uncle and auntie. Thank you so much, coach. Thank you so much, student. Thank you, God. You want to see a real champion? Here's what, here's what Thanksgiving does for you. It energizes you. It fills you up. It strengthens you. It expresses power out of you. Whereas you know what a disgruntled, complaining spirit does? It robs you and other people of energy. You become like an energy vampire, a vortex, a black hole of evil and complaining. Am I right? That was quite descriptive, wasn't it? <laughs> but on the flip side, when you start thanking like a champion, I just want to thank, you know, it was my team that helped me with this. I want to thank this, I want to thank that. And they're just, they're passing the out to everybody else who poured into them. That's a real champion that does that. Amen? You think about even Jesus thanking his daddy, thanking his father, right? I thank the old father, John chapter number 17, always thanking, 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 thanking. I had my staff read this book called No Complaining. It was fantastic. You know what happens on a team when a team stops complaining? It starts working together. This church is a powerful church. Just singing in here with you guys, I could feel your energy. And I was like, man, thank you, Jesus. It produced thanksgiving in me because I can feel that you guys love on God. What a blessing. Let's thank like champions. Let me give you the last one. I'm going to wrap it up, okay? I'm going to wrap it up. Number seven, treat others 
like champions. Treat others like champions. You know, the Bible says in Revelation chapter number one, it talks about how we are kings and priests in the Lord. Anybody a child of God out there? Raise your hand. Anybody a child of God? Child of the king? Amen. I'm a child of the king. And as a child of the king, the Bible says we are, we are joint heirs together with Christ, right? So if you're a joint heir together with Christ and he calls you kings and priests, then you're already a champion. You don't have to wait for it. You are it. And if you view yourself that way, then it changes your life. It changes your step. It changes how you, how you operate. So you're not operating for victory. You're operating from a place of victory. Don't we believe in 1 Corinthians 15, 57? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We already have the Holy Ghost of God inside of us. I'm already born again. Am I right? I'm already seated in heavenly places. I'm already accepted. That's powerful stuff. If we truly start believing that and we're kings and priests, then not only are we that, but listen, when I come to you, I'll start viewing you. I'm going to treat you like a champion. I'm going to treat you like a champion. 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 Let me ask you a question. How do you feel when people treat you with that respect and dignity and honor? What happens inside your heart? It feels great, doesn't it? And I got to tell you, we reap what we sow. If you're sowing out acceptance and love and contentment and good, good blessings out to other people, not only do they perform at a higher level, think about it. You treat your boy like a champion, he starts thinking like it. He starts thinking, man, I'm going to get straight A's. I'm going to go into that game. Man, mama believes in me. I'm a champion. Woohoo! You know, all of a sudden, they start getting fired up. And because their attitude is so, so uh, uh, filled with God, they perform at a higher level. That's what it's like to be a champion. You become a champion before you physically see that you're a champion. Tom Brady, he already knew he was a champion before he ever put this jersey on. Am I right? He already believed in it. And I want to tell you this. What you believe, what you believe will determine your behavior. So if you start believing the way God wants you to believe, all of a sudden you'll start having some pep in your step. You'll start being that loving blessing everywhere you go. Your belief determines your behavior. So my encouragement as we, as we give this invitation is, is there any areas in your life where your behavior doesn't look like a champion? Is there any, any of those seven things you're like, yeah, I see some holes in my game. Maybe you're carrying some weights around, and it's time to let it go so you can run the race that you're called for. Maybe you got some sin, and you're like, yeah, I'm done with those. Maybe, maybe you thought, okay, I got a King James Bible, and so that just makes me a champion right away, but it's like having the club but not actually having the mindset. Make sense? Right now with this invitation, let's take some time. And emotionally, just like uh, the brother took off some of these weights, let's take off some of those weights. And let's say, God, you've made me accepted in the Beloved. I'm, I'm a child of God. Help me to act like one, believe like one, and behave like one. You do that, this message tonight will transform the rest of your day, the rest of your week, the rest of your year, the rest of your life. That's the power of this message. Amen.